Grading the System. KSL looks at how Utah's education system can support our kids. Or make things harder for them. Here's Dave Noriega and Debbie Dujanovic on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to our special report, Grading the System. I'm Debbie Dujanovic, along with my co-host, Dave Noriega. And for the next hour, we will take you inside Utah's school system, right into the classroom, and examine several different aspects to see uh, what's working for our kids and what, well, Dave needs improvement. Yeah, I am a dad of four kids. All my kids are in public school. It goes from elementary to high school And I care about the same things that a lot of our listeners care about. Will my kids learn in a way that will get them ready for college or to succeed? Maybe college isn't the right choice for them. And once they get to college, if they do decide, can they afford it? Because I can tell you this, I can't afford it. So let's jump right in, right into the middle of a high school classroom, Dave. Uh, Ms. Hinckley's class, she's been teaching for... Years and years. So we sent KSL News Radio's Frank Muller back to school. The school day starts with music and greetings. No, not in a car, but in the school's hallway. It's something teacher Mindy Hinckley enjoys. Start every morning with music over the PA. Say what? They start every morning with music on every, the PA. And every class change. Nice. Which is good because when it's gone, you can tell a difference. I like it. And then it stops at one minute. So one minute they have one minute to run to class. Make sure you're there. <laughs> when the music stops, it's you like musical run. chairs. you got to run. <laughs> Good morning. Hinkley has been a teacher in the Alpine School District for 10 years, but only at Skyridge High School for the last two. Right now she teaches the biological sciences, and today's lesson is on skin pigmentation. Skin's three main layers are each a distinct community of cells with different jobs. Sometimes what she teaches changes based on what the school needs. I've taught earth science, zoology, botany, AP, 1610-1010, biology. Teaching is only part of her job, though. Most days also include some sort of after-school activity. Most days after school, there's extracurricular type things going on that wouldn't necessarily be associated with teaching. Um, For instance, National Honor Society or any clubs for any teacher. It could be whatever club that they're involved in. But they, they really do take up a lot of time. And so I have meetings almost every single day. Along with these normal roles, Hinkley says she, as well as other teachers and school administrators, have to be ready to meet the students' needs. Without getting into specifics, I mean just sad, traumatic things. And students do need a lot of support. I, I was mentioning I've stayed in a lot of lunches, um, especially after some of the things that have happened with students that just need people to talk to, someone that can listen and care. Those demands aren't limited to classroom time either. Hinkley says she gets messages well into the evening. Today has changed. Students have changed today because technology, which is great. It's a great thing for them, and it's a great thing for teachers, but it does tack on a lot of time. For instance, I probably get about 30 emails a day, which is great. And again, I love that communication, but it takes time to answer them. We also have things like Remind Up that they sign up for, and they're able to communicate to me, and I can have it sent to my phone. And so last night alone, I probably had 20 or 25 texts where students were like, hey, can you explain this to me, or can you help me with this? Despite the many demands, it's a job she loves, like so many of her fellow teachers. But even with that passion... 
Sometimes it's difficult for people to continue to teach in Utah. Teachers in the state are underpaid compared to their peers, and plenty of states are willing to recruit teachers away from Utah. Washington pays more. You do have to have a master's, but it pays significantly more. Um, I had we're trying to find a chemistry teacher right now, and we it has been hard to find a good chemistry teacher. Um, and I found someone that was thinking about going into chemistry, but when I talked to him, he's like, "No, I can't teach in Utah. I'm going up to Washington so I can get more money." Right? Um, Texas. We've lost some good teachers to go to Texas or to go overseas even because there's more money there. Pay is not the only area teachers struggle with. Utah has some of the largest classroom sizes in the nation. Okay, guys, I need everybody's eyes up here, though. You can still cut. You can still be adding, but I'm going to ask for your mouths to be closed while you do so. Okay, very first thing. I know the class sizes. People don't see what the big deal is with the class sizes being so high, but where... Depression, anxiety, all these mental disorders are becoming more and more prevalent in our youth. I think it's even more imperative that we as teachers are able to know what's going in and what's going on with our students' lives. And you can't do that if you have over 40 or even 40. Most of my classes have 39, 40, and 41. Additionally, teachers are expected to graduate kids because that's where funding comes from. That pressure even exists with students who don't attend classes. You can't penalize them for not being there or like they don't have to come all term. And then you are, as a teacher, expected to help them make up a whole term right before the term ends. Meanwhile, the student testing measurement system used to grade teacher success can make it difficult for teachers whose main focus is on addressing special needs of some of their students. Those scores were really big because people were comparing each other and their schools but they didn't take into account, number one, I had a teacher that was so good at working with those IEP kids that most of his class were IEP students, right? Or I was really good at working with disciplinary issues one year, and so I had a class full of them. And so, of course, those classes are going to have a lower score, right? But you don't see that beyond the numbers. So when a score comes out, all you see is higher or lower instead of what's actually going on. And for teachers who are the sole providers for their families, they have to take on extra responsibilities at the school or additional jobs just to make ends meet. If you are a sole provider of your family and you're teaching, you have more than one job. I, I don't know anyone that doesn't have more than one job if you're a sole provider. Um, a lot of teachers will pick up coaching, but that is so unfortunate. We sat down as, um, well, it was our little lunch crew and we were figuring out because our basketball coach had walked in just exhausted (laughs) and we were like, oh man. So we thought it would be fun to figure out how much she was making per hour and it was cents. Still for Hinkley, it's the students that make it all worth it. Have the best day ever. Happy Wednesday. After their lesson on why people have different skin pigmentation, one of her students emailed her to say she had always struggled with why she had darker skin than others and that that day's lesson had helped answer a question she'd had for years. Worksheets, learning that for a minute doesn't matter, and we have to take care of that one because that's not what it's about, right? My kid's a one. Your kid's a one. Yes, sign me up, Deb. (laughs) I mean, that's exhausting. (laughs) 
That is exhausting. You listen to the story of that teacher, and I think, why in the world would I ever go into teaching? Ms. Hinkley definitely gets an A. We're grading the system. She gets an A in my book. Let's bring in KSL News Radio's Frank Muller, who spent the day in the classroom with Miss Hinkley. What what struck you uh, in the discussion? Besides, that must be exhausting. It, you know, you could just tell that it must be exhausting. But what struck me most of all, I think, was the positive attitude that you know, because I could see how somebody being in a situation where you're dealing with a classroom of forty kids. <laughs> And, you know, you're trying to maintain that. I struggle enough with my four kids. 40? Yeah, and I think in my book that the classroom size gets a D. If if classrooms are 40 and 41 kids, Dave, that's a lot of kids crammed into one class. Yeah, and class sizes, in, in my opinion, work much more efficiently uh, as a smaller group the younger ages. Now, the older you get, you know, in college, when you have, sure. uh, you know, the ability to have kids that can focus, that's one thing. But when you're talking about these younger ages, it's just too much because the behavior isn't there yet. In college, you're paying for it yourself. So you're going to pay attention. Well, they don't have that kind of discipline at the younger ages. Next, Dave, let's go in depth with the fix. What is the fix? More money or is it better kids? 